It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast for week 17, the show that's so nice. We do it twice. This is our last time, Evan, doing two episodes next week. We will scale it back to just one throughout the year. We're year-round, by the way. So the next few weeks, we do it for the fantasy, you know, for playoffs and DFS. But then you guys would love the shows in February, March, April, May, breaking down players, breaking down different fantasy strategies, the draft guys coming out. They're really awesome. And most of them are evergreen shows. You can go back and listen to some of the strategies of some of the top fantasy players in the world. We're always presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You can use the promo code PODCAST1 to get a 50% welcome bonus. I think a lot of you already follow Evan on Twitter. He's at Evan Silva. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on both Twitter and Instagram. The channel, the show, at RTF Podcast, that's when you first know when it's been posted each and every week. Boom. At RTF Podcast is usually the first one to tweet it. That's our producer, Brian. You can also, by the way, if you're really, really into this stuff, I highly recommend Tuckheads.com. That's an online forum community with a lot of listeners. They are really into fantasy football. So it's it's fun to chat up with them about their teams, different strategies, ideas, things they're thinking about. So if you're really into this stuff and you want to chat with other diehards like yourself, check out tuckheads.com. There's a real nice core group of dudes that love talking fantasy and gambling and anything else. So it's a nice form to do it. And of course, I'm on there every day. Evan on there every once in a while. Fezzik, Fran Duffy. Uh, it's pretty awesome for those of you who listen to the other shows. Almost as awesome as Evan's breakdown of the rest of the game. Let's do it. All right, Evan. So there's more late games, more part two games than part one games. This happens every year this time because they put a lot of games at 425 because they want people to play. They, they, they don't want there to be reasons to sit people out. So they try to have the games that are contingent upon other games playing concurrently as much as they possibly can. Uh, and obviously there's also some West Coast games. So let's start with Cleveland at Baltimore. Baker Mayfield and the Browns have been on fire. And I'm imagining there are some people that are looking at, uh, you know, Gus Edwards, maybe even Kenneth Dixon and Lamar Jackson for DFS purposes. Yeah, I mean, we know what the Ravens are going to do. We know what they're going to do. They are going to try to run the ball down your throat. And, you know, it's not – it's runs of all kinds. You know, it's perimeter runs. It's a lot of runs just straight up the middle, you know, especially with Gus Edwards. And that was really on display last week against the Chargers. Chargers actually did a pretty good job of adjusting and then kind of slowing that down. But, my goodness, in the first half – Ravens just with runs straight up the gut against the Chargers uh, ripped some real big runs, uh, specifically with Gus Edwards and also with uh, Kenneth Dixon. But um, it's just, you know, Lamar Jackson, like his his fantasy scoring is the same every week. It's between somewhere between like 17.8 points to 22 points. Last week, I think he had like 18.4 and... Um, we know, you know, what to expect from them offensively every week, and it doesn't, re- and it doesn't change uh, based on the opponent really. Um, and you know, all the passing game members are crapshoots, and I think that we can pencil in Gus Edwards for somewhere between 16 and 21 touches in a pretty good matchup. He finally caught a pass last week, big, big 13-yard catch for Gus, his first target. Uh, since week eight, uh, and he caught it. And so, hey, maybe you know, maybe that'll earn him a, another target or two this week. That would be huge for his fantasy value. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing you know, there's nothing special here to say. Uh, Mark Andrews uh, had a monster play 
against the Chargers last week. And I think that if you're going to choose a a Ravens pass catcher to take a shot on, he's your guy. Um, I think that he's shown some level of chemistry with Lamar Jackson. Um, he kind of works well off of the way that they that they run their offense, and he's running the most routes among all the Ravens tight ends. Um, and he that's he's he was like a deep threat tight end at Oklahoma, um, and they're kind of using him like that. I mean, he's run he's out there he's playing more than Hayden Hurst, the first round pick. You know, he's playing more than um, <clears throat> Max Williams, you know, a former second round pick, and Nick Boyle, who's been there. A lot is primarily a blocker, but Mark Andrews is running a, a, a relatively a lot of routes in this offense, and the Browns have not been great in tight end defense in the second half of the year since losing Christian Kirksey to injured reserve. On the other side, you know, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, this is not, not a cakewalk like last week at home against Cincinnati. Um, now they're playing at Baltimore, and... You know, I it's you, you can't like from a matchup standpoint, you can't really make the argument that any member of the Browns offense is in a good spot. Um, they're going to be road underdogs here. Um, you know, David Njoku is coming off a great game. So is Baker Mayfield, um, you know, Nick Chubb. I mean, but, you know, does that mean that they're going to have a great game this week? You know, certainly not. Uh, so just everyone's in difficult matchups. And we can move on to the next one. Next one is going to be Oakland at KC. We know what KC is offensively. Oakland actually, you know, they haven't looked that bad over the last month or so. Carr was solid. Doug Martin, your boy Doug Martin, had over 100 yards Monday night, Evan? Yeah, I got to take the L on Doug Martin. John Gruden was right. I was wrong. Doug Martin has played well. For the Raiders, he looks to be in great shape. I mean, he looks smaller than I can remember him in many years, and um, like in a good way. And he's been really tough to tackle. And yeah, I mean, he he ran really well against a, a really strong uh, Broncos run defense on Monday night. He was, I mean, he was the biggest playmaker on the Raiders in that game, uh, and. Uh, with that said, you know, they were in position to run the ball in that game. I mean, they, you know, they got off to the quick early lead. Dwayne Harris picks up the, the ball, you know, after the, the Broncos don't down it at the one-yard line. He picks up the ball. He tried to do this a couple times with the Giants, uh, and it never worked. But then it finally worked here against the um, the Broncos on, on Monday Night Football. And so... Uh, it was, it was kind of cool, but they, they had an early lead and Doug Martin helped them pat it with a big touchdown run. And, um, you know, they kept, they kept feeding him over the course of the game is, is the, the, the flow of this week's game at Kansas city going to be similar. I tend to doubt it. The chiefs do have something to play for. First of all, their highest probability outcome is number one seed in the AFC and home field advantage throughout. That's their likeliest scenario. However, it's not 100% because there is a scenario where if they lose and a couple other things happen, they could actually fall to the fifth seed. So, they and also they've lost two games in a row. I mean, they've, they lost two games in a row. They lost, they blew a game at home to the Chargers which they really dominated the entire game. And then in the last five minutes, they just, Phillip Rivers just smoked them in the last five minutes. Um, and then, I mean, I think you could say that Seattle dominated them uh, on Sunday night football. Um, and so they like need to get a win. I mean, if they, if they were to somehow blow this, they would enter the playoffs um, potentially not having won a game in a month. Like, like, say they they actually do get the the first round by, but then, uh, but they also lose to Oakland. I mean, they would not have won a game in a month by the time that they next play. So I think they go all out here, and you know I think that they can also do things like go after statistical milestones. 
Um, and I think that they should try to drop like 50 here on the Raiders if they possibly can. The Raiders have a problem scoring on the road this year. They score about a touchdown more per game at home. And the Raiders and the Chiefs allow about actually over 10 point, actually almost two touchdowns. Yes, yeah, like 34 to 20, something like that in terms of splits, in terms of just straight scoring allowed uh, at Kansas, at Arrowhead versus on the road by the Chiefs. So um, major home away splits here between Kansas City on both sides. Um, and so I think that the Chiefs can – I think they can kind of annihilate them. Kelsey had a monster game against the Chiefs in uh, when these teams played earlier. I think it was week 13. He had like 12 for 168 and two touchdowns. Um, Tyreek Hill had his worst game. So this is kind of a, a redemption game for Tyreek Hill. Uh, he had 13 yards in that game. Uh, and he dropped a, a long touchdown bomb deep down the middle. Uh, and then there was another play later in the game where I thought he should have had it. It was, you know, not a, not a great throw by Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, he easily, you know, in the, the game of inches, he could have had over a hundred yards on those two plays alone, over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Instead, he finished with thirteen, one catch for thirteen. Um, every reason to believe that, you know, he. That, that he can bounce back here. I think the Raiders are in a very much in a letdown spot coming off the primetime win, going on the road on a short week. And I think that the chiefs should be able to roll them. I mean, the chiefs need to enter the season with some momentum considering that they're coming off consecutive losses. Uh, will Spencer Ware be back? I don't know. That's going to change a lot of stuff in the chiefs backfield. Um, I don't think we can look at Conley, you know, or Kelvin Benjamin or, you know, anybody else. I think it's Tyree Kill. I think it's Travis Kelsey. It's maybe Damian Williams if Spencer Ware is out, uh, and certainly Patrick Mahomes. On the other side, my you know a lot of a lot of um, the best DFS players like to uh, stack a game, not just stack a team, but stack a game. And hey, you know if this game goes like forty-eight to twenty-seven, um, you know there like there's going to be scoring on the other side too. You know, you could play Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek and maybe Damian Williams or, or Kelsey or whatever, but then we're looking for, you know, cheap guys on the other side that might have big games. I think the best option is Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson has 36 targets over his last four games. That's nine a game. Uh, he's got six-plus catches in all of those. He does not have a touchdown since week five, but uh, I think that, I think that he could be primed for some some uh, rebound uh, in that statistic. And uh, at Kansas City, when these teams played earlier this year, he had 10 catches for 97 yards on 11 targets in that game. And Kansas City is not not scary at all uh, from a defensive backfield uh, standpoint. Uh, Jared Cook, his routes and usage were way down. I think it was just because the Raiders had – so much uh, success running the ball last week. But that's a little bit scary to me because they've done this earlier in the year where they just sunk his playing time and then he started to go on like a cold streak for a little while. And, I mean, they've got these all these other tight ends running around like Darren Waller and Derek Carrier and, you know, Lee Smith vulturing the, the, the touchdowns at the, at the goal line. Um, I think that Jordy's the best option to bring it back and do a game stack. We can move on the, to the next one. All right, let's get to the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings clearly will be doing everything they can. They need to win to ensure that they're in the playoffs. The Bears, a little bit more interesting. If they win and the Rams lose to the Niners, mm -hmm. then they can get the number two seed in a bye. That doesn't seem all that likely, but the Rams aren't playing that great. The Niners have been very competitive, playing well as of late. So it's certainly a possibility. Matt Nagy, the head coach for the Bears, has intimated that they'll be keeping an eye on that Rams game and will play their players accordingly and play it smart like that. So 
I don't know. I would think not, not, not that people love Bears offensive players anyway, but I, I would think that, that a Bears offensive player might be a little bit of a uh, dicey proposition in this one, Evan. Yes, because uh, if the Rams, you know, jump out to like a 27 to 3 lead on the 49ers, then the Bears could start to scale back their starters, correct? Exactly correct, and that's sort of what what Nagy said. Yeah. By the way, we okay. should get Nagy on the uh, show or on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. So it's just funny, man. Like he was, he went to Mannheim Central High School, which is in Lancaster, which is thirty minutes from where I grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania. So and Lancaster is like known for Amish people and stuff like that. But his high school, Mannheim Central, is always very, very good. He was a year ahead of me and was. Obviously, really good. Went to Delaware on a full ride. Had a great yeah, career at Delaware. Right? What's that? He's a quarterback, right? Yeah, quarterback. Um, went to Delaware. Had a good career there. He was actually teammates with Brett Veach, the GM for the uh, Chiefs. Those guys were like both Pennsylvania high school legends, like right right near me um, growing up. And then. You know, he played arena ball for a while, and like back when arena guys were making arena quarterbacks were making six figures, he was like one of the best arena guys. And I remember somehow, I think his connection through Brett Veach, Andy Reid, like let him come to training camp when he was still playing arena ball, and he would just come and like volunteer coach during training camp, and that's kind of how he got started. Now he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Pretty pretty cool. So. I'll be able to work that in the off season at some point. I, I think I still have his number in my phone. I haven't even checked. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. What do you got on this game? Yeah, very cool. Um, I think that yeah, I think for this game, you know, I think that th- that was a good way to lead into it because it's kind of a game that we want to avoid. You know, we and adding that extra layer of the Bears potentially maybe you know not playing their starters the entire game um that just adds that that extra layer of you know kind of steer away from this game uh the total is low you know it looks like a defensive battle on the uh you know at at surface level you know are there guys that really stand out as ooh yeah this guy's in a really good spot to have a big game no not really you know maybe stefan diggs uh maybe Tarek cohen but it looks like a defensive battle to me. And um, I, I think, you know, Dalvin Cook, like there have been some running backs that have had big games against the Bears down the stretch. And Dalvin Cook is to the point where he's getting, I mean, 19-plus touches a game. Uh, and he looks really good doing it, too. I mean, he's he's got fresh legs. I mean, he, he battled injuries all season, was kind of underutilized for a spell, and He's he has fresher legs than most feature backs at this stage of the season. I think that you could see it in his play, um, and they they have made a commitment to him. But he's a comp- a complete like fade matchup uh, play really because I mean it's not like the Bears you know over the course of the season have given up a lot of receiving or rushing production to opposing RBs. There have been some some guys that have had good games against them, uh, and Dalvin Cook maybe could be the next, but. Um, yeah, he, he definitely is not like, you know, a green light play. We can move on to the next one. Next one is the Bengals who are lacking weapons on offense. I think that's to, I think that's the, a kind way of saying it yeah. against the Pittsburgh Steelers who, man, it's unbelievable. Evan with their offensive production, like with their receivers, O line running backs, tight ends, quarterback, and even some of their good players on defense, it's unbelievable that they are likely to miss the playoffs. Yeah, and it's a shame because I want to see them in the playoffs. You know, we should all want to see them in the playoffs. They're one of the most talented teams in the NFL. They just have this way of losing close games, of playing down to their competition. You know, we can look back at a game like, you know, when they went to Oakland and they lost to the Raiders. And, you know, it's like, what the heck was going on there? Something, you know, something about an x-ray machine and 
you know, freaking Chris Boswell falling down, trying to kick a field goal, you know, and just uh, it's it's been a, a a tumultuous season. You remember they rang off like six wins in a row, and then like just kind of collapsed. I mean, how did they how did they lose that game to the, the to the Chargers? You know, they dominated for most of the game and just blew it. So it's been a, a kind of a wild year. They what? Okay. So they obviously need to win. Do you know off the top of your head, Ross, what are, what are the other things that they need to happen to get in the Steelers? It's very simple. If they win, uh, they need the Ravens to lose. They cannot okay. possibly get in as a wild card because the Titans and the Colts are both nine and six. So, assuming one of them wins that game, they'll have 10 wins. The Steelers can't get to 10 wins at 8, 6, and 1. Their only chance is to win the division. They need the Ravens to lose to the Browns, which is possible okay. for sure. So, they have a chance. It's just all their faith is in Baker Mayfield, just like everybody in the whole uh, city of Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. Well, hey, you know that it, it's it's possible. It's definitely possible. I kind of hope that it happens because, again, I want to see the Steelers in the playoffs. I, I don't want their season to end. You, you know, know what, though, very... and and, I, and I'm with you on that, Evan. Yeah. But the Ravens' defense is so badass, and it's it's kind of fun to watch them run the ball like 65 percent of the time with I Lamar know. Jackson and how they do it. That you know, if if the Steelers are in, that means the Ravens are out. I'm kind of interested to see what the Ravens can do too. Yeah, you're right. I, let's I all let's all agree to kick out the Titans if they somehow beat the Colts. Let's yeah. kick out the Titans. Please, please, yeah. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. So I mean, look, the Steelers are going to be going all out, man, and they're facing you know the worst the worst defense in football. So I and uh, I think Drake Kirkpatrick is not expected to play. Uh, one of the Bengals starting outside cornerbacks. And, you know, they can't rush the passer and they're just going to, I mean, you know, theoretically they should just have short drives because their offense is so depleted of offensive talent. Um, I mean, they've really only got Joe Mixon left and the Steelers have been good in run defense. So, I mean, the, the Steelers should theoretically, and again, they do have this, this tendency to play down to their competition and, come up small in big spots, but uh, I think that this, the Steelers should be able to kind of crush them, and everybody has a big game. Uh, Antonio Brown, Juju, Ben, you know, this is we, this is a 4 p.m. Eastern time game at home at Heinz Field against the worst defense in football. You know, like Vance should have a big game. Some other receiver, you know, maybe James Washington should pop up for a big game. I mean, this should be like a you know, 350 yards and three touchdowns sort of game for uh, Ben Roethlisberger. In the backfield, it looks like James Conner might come back. I'm not sure. I mean, they don't even need him. Uh, they don't really need to push him to play, I don't think, to win this game. I think that they would just be just fine with Jalen Samuels. Got to stop playing Steven Ridley. You know, just stop. Just stop it. And then um, on the other side, I mean, we're looking at, John Ross has what is 20 catches and seven touchdowns. Just ridiculous. You know, you can't, I mean, you can't use him in fantasy. Uh, and then CJ Uzoma would be the one guy to look at. Uh, you know, I doubt that Tyler Boyd is going to come back this week. Uh, but Uzoma would be one guy to look at. Uh, but it's a bad spot for Joe Mixon. You know, bad matchup, big road underdog. Uh, we can move on to the next one. Next game, Evan, is the Eagles, who need a win and the Vikings to lose and have been on fire with Nick Foles as their quarterback uh, against the Redskins, who aren't good, but I give Jay Gruden a lot of credit. I mean, with Josh Johnson in there, they've won at Jacksonville. They almost won at Tennessee. It's, this is not going to be a pushover game for the Eagles at all. They're going to have to earn it. Definitely, definitely on the road. And, you know, Josh Johnson, like, he he's really poised. Like, the, he carries himself with a lot of poise. And 
you know, doesn't panic under pressure. Definitely not, you know, the greatest passer, not the most consistent passer. Um, but he doesn't panic, and he's really athletic, and he can beat you with his athleticism. Um, he and if you and we've talked about this uh, on multiple occasions, especially in the last month or so, the quarterbacks that have really given the, the Eagles the most trouble are the mobile quarterbacks. And Deshaun Watson did that last week against them. And, you know, Dak Prescott uh, the week before. Um, Dak Prescott was the number one overall fantasy quarterback. And last week, Deshaun Watson was the number two overall fantasy quarterback. And, you know, Cam Newton, when he played the Eagles, he was the number three overall fantasy quarterback. And uh, Marcus Mariota earlier in the season, he was the number six overall fantasy quarterback against them. And, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, in, in his first meeting with the Eagles, was the number nine. Blake Bortles in London was the number 12. So, you know, and Josh Johnson has the, the requisite skill set to give them problems. Um, you know, in terms of his pass catcher core, his guy has been mainly Jamison Crowder. Uh, and they had some fortunate things happen in their favor in the first two appearances, but uh, last week we saw like more of like kind of a consistent, you know, consistent sustained passing game between those two, um, and you know at this point Jamison Crowder has led the the Redskins in receiving in each of Josh Johnson's three appearances so far with with a few big plays mixed in, um, and you know the Eagles, I would guess that there's they'll still be without Sidney Jones. Uh, and even if he's in there, I mean, he's played so little recently, uh, the, the Eagle slot corner, that he may even be a liability if he's out there. So I think that he would be the guy to look at, uh, that uh, Jamison Crowder would be the guy to look at if you're going to take a shot on Josh Johnson with his mobility uh, against the uh, the Eagles. And then Adrian Peterson, I mean, he's got 21 and 27 touches the last two games. I thought that the game in the game against the Titans – that was the best that we've seen Adrian Peterson look since like maybe September, um, you know. And, and I don't, I don't know if what that means for this week. The Eagles, their run defense has been up and down, to put it nicely. Uh, they did get back Jordan Hicks. They could get back Timmy Jernigan and Michael Bennett this week. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I did want to mention Adrian Peterson that I thought he looked really good uh, against Tennessee. And Tennessee has played very good run defense uh, down the stretch. I was not expecting a big game from Adrian Peterson in that position. Um, for the Eagles, Nick Foles, I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like all or nothing with this dude. I mean, he's either out there crushing it or he's looking like, you know, this guy's terrible. He he was excellent last week. I mean, I think he set a franchise record for passing yards, you know, four touchdowns. Um, he has a willingness to throw the ball downfield. And Alshon can go get it. Nelson Aguilar uh, has his moments there. They might get back Mike Wallace. He was activated to the 53. I mean – they might get back Mike Wallace, and I know that you know people might say, oh, who cares about Mike Wallace? Well, Mike Wallace adds a new dimension to your passing offense that you have not had all year long, you know. And, I mean, even if he's just a role player who gets, I don't know, three targets and they're all deep downfield, you know, that's not something that you have had in your offense all season long. And, it's, and those are plays on which Nick Foles is willing to pull the trigger. So – that would absolutely be a big, a big, um, a big get in the backfield last week. Darren Sproles was the main guy. He had the most touches. He played the most snaps. He looks fantastic. I mean, I don't know how this guy does it, but I, I hope that you know when his his time is up and um, that he gets some uh, Hall of Fame consideration. I I don't think that he's going to get in, but man, I mean, he's had an, an unbelievable career, and I think that right now he is the Eagles' best fantasy option at running back um josh adams uh some ball security issues recently not um you know not not uh not uh struggling in terms of his rushing efficiency 
uh, not dominating the early down work anymore because Wendell Smallwood has been mixed in. Um, and then, you know, Alshon, like his game was slow last week in terms of his final box score stats, but, you know, the, a, lot, a lot of it's on him. I mean, Foles hit him for a, like a would-be 50-yard touchdown, and he dropped it. And he hasn't dropped many passes this year. Uh, so that, you know, that was very disappointing. But that was enough to take him from, you know, hey, he catches that. He has 130, his four catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. He doesn't. And he finishes with three for 82. So it's just a massive swing in terms of his his fantasy production, whether or not he catches that one ball. And he didn't. And so he disappointed Ertz. You know, one of the least coverable tight ends in the NFL, maybe the least coverable tight end. Uh, and the Redskins have played uh, very good defense against tight ends, but they just had to cut DJ Swearinger, who was a big part of that. And also when these teams played earlier in the season, Zach Ertz had nine for 83 on 10 targets. I think a game like that could very much be in store. Um, the rest of the guys just kind of, you know, Mike Wallace, Nelson Aguilar, Golden Tate, um, Dallas Goddard, you know, they're they're talented players and they can have big games, but predicting those big games is an entirely different story. We can move on to the next one. Next game, it's the Chargers and the Broncos. Chargers could still get the number one seed if they win and the Chiefs somehow lost at home to the Raiders, which doesn't seem real likely, but I guess you never know. The Raiders are playing better and the Raiders actually played pretty good against the Chiefs. And they're playing a Broncos team that uh, this is a bad spot for the. I mean, the Broncos are you know Philip Lindsay uh, wrist issue. It's serious. He's having surgery. Won't be able to play in this game or the Pro Bowl. And the Broncos look like a team that knows their coach is getting fired and doesn't really care, and they're packing it in. Yeah, um, I think that there's really only one situation worth touching on. Touching on. On the Broncos side, and that's the running back situation. What happens without Philip Lindsay? And uh, so this should be a big opportunity for Royce Freeman to run against this Chargers defense that has lost, you know, Denzel Perryman, Corey Legit, Kaiser White, um, you know, and has allowed over the last month almost four point six yards per carry to opposing running backs, five touchdowns on the ground during that span. The matchup looks pretty good for Royce Freeman, but and he's oh, he's so cheap in daily fantasy that he's very tempting. But I, his floor is really really low. He has uh, more than one target in just one game all year. He's played in thirteen, and he has two catches since week five. So if they fall behind, if the Broncos fall behind, and you know your your introduction to the game suggests that. That's likely, as does the, the spread on the game. The Chargers opened as four-point favorites and then got bet up to uh, almost a touchdown favorite on the road, which you don't really see. You usually see like the, you know, the money come in on the um, the home the home dogs, uh, but the money has come in here on the Chargers, and that's scary for Royce Freeman because if he because if they fall behind, it'd be the it could be the uh, Devontae Booker show and we won't see a whole lot of Royce Freeman because he doesn't play in the passing game. So that's where your risk comes in with Royce Freeman. Um, I think that the, the lone guy worth um, worth really talking seriously about in the Broncos passing game would be Deshaun Hamilton, who has 30 targets in three games since Emmanuel Sanders tore his Achilles, uh, six plus catches in all three. Um, you know, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, they, they've had their moments, but they're swapping back and forth big games. And it's like, you know, who who's going to have the big game here? I don't know. They're both going to have to deal with Casey Hayward at certain points. I actually think that Cortland Sutton, if Casey Hayward is going to go shadow a guy, it would be Cortland Sutton over Tim Patrick. Um, but Deshaun Hamilton is the guy in, in the slot. And Desmond King is an awesome player, but he's given up the seventh most completions among all cornerbacks this year and um, I think that Deshaun Hamilton can you know even if he doesn't even if he has one of his typical games where he has like 50 yards he can still catch six, six or seven balls maybe a touchdown 
and he can have a, a fantasy worthwhile game. Um, on the Chargers side, uh, you know, I think that this is an opportunity for Melvin Gordon to enter the playoffs coming off a better game than he had against Baltimore. Um, uh, Keenan Allen, same kind of deal. You know, uh, the, the Broncos secondary is not even nearly as imposing without Chris Harris as it was before. And Keenan Allen, it should be very capable of having a big game. Um, and then with Keenan Allen back, Mike and Tyrell Williams just went back to the dudes that they've been all season, which is just a couple of targets. And, you know, you need a big play or a touchdown for them to pay off. You know, Mike Williams was a guy that a lot of people used on that one on the, on the two game uh, Saturday slate. And that wound up really costing them trying to chase points from the prior week. You need Keenan Allen to be out for those guys to be big time in, in fantasy. Uh, we can move on to the next one. Okay. Uh, next game, it's the Niners. We mentioned this game earlier. Nick Mullins and crew. Kittle, the whole deal, uh, with some banged-up guys, Pettis and Breida. They're in L.A. to play a Rams team that needs to win to make sure they get that by. Todd Gurley's status up in the air. I would not expect him to play. I would expect them to try to make sure he's he's healthy and ready for the playoffs. But they also really, 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 really want to get that by. So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes the most sense for them to not play him as well, especially based on how well C.J. Anderson ran. And, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't believe how well he played. I mean, I honestly, I never would have played him in fantasy last week. Never. I mean, um, he had to have been the – the, the like – Whoever won the DFS things last week, it had to be C.J. Anderson. You know what kind of stinks? There's a, probably a decent amount of like redraft. Do you think there's redraft leagues where somebody was desperate because Gurley was hurt or something, so they picked up C.J. Like, and that's how yeah. they won the championship, C.J. Anderson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I still think it was uh, – especially because Justin Davis was active and, you know, John Kelly was previously the backup and – there have been kind of like indications throughout the week that um, C.J. Anderson was going to be the guy in the backfield, but it was still like really hard to buy, you know, because like C.J. Anderson got cut earlier in the year. He did not look good really for Carolina, I didn't think. I thought he looked more like Mike Tolbert, the old Panthers fullback, than C.J. Anderson in his prime. And then uh, he sort of like, like the Raiders were going to sign him, and then they were like, nah. You know, and then, and then he went to the Rams, and he got picked up like early in the he got during the week, and then we started to hear, oh, you know, he's 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 gonna be the guy if if Gurley's out, you know. But it was, I was like, really? And then he was, I mean, and he just he trampled the Cardinals. I mean, up and down the field all day long, they could not stop him. I didn't even think he looked particularly physically fit during the game. Um, but he, he certainly ripped off a lot of runs, uh, big runs in the game. I mean, just, just, they dominated the, the Cardinals on the ground. And, uh, I think, and that this is theoretically an even better spot. You're at home, um, facing the 49ers with, who have nothing to play for, although they have, they certainly have not played like that. They have played, they've played like they have everything to play for. But they are. But as you mentioned, they're going to be without Matt Breida. He's already been ruled out. Dante Pettis has already been ruled out. Um, they're just really low on firepower in this game, and it's it seems it would seemingly set up as another game where they could just put the ball in C.J. Anderson's belly twenty plus times again, and he just runs all over San Francisco. I mean, look, the the Rams have a really good run blocking offensive line, and so um, he would be in another good situation. 49ers have been bad against slot receivers all year long, and uh, that works to Robert Woods' benefit. Um, on the outside, you know, uh, I think that Brandon Cooks is capable of having a big day. 49ers starting rookie Tavarius Moore in place of Akella Witherspoon. Richard Sherman has not been as good lately, uh, so I think that Cooks can get it going through the air. Jared Goff looked a lot more poised and comfortable last week against Arizona 
Um, added a rushing TD, which really helped his fantasy output. Um, you know, that's not something that you can count on, but I think that the way he looked last week was promising for him to finish strong and then uh, have success, continued success into the playoffs. Um, so, I, and I think that he is a good fantasy play against San Francisco. No Pettis, no Brita. That means we're going to get a lot of Jeff Wilson, I'd expect, in the backfield for San Francisco, and a lot of George Kittle. And, you know, Marquise Goodwin and Kendrick Bourne in their receiver core. But I think that the guys to look at on their side, Jeff Wilson and George Kittle. Jeff Wilson is interesting because um, we have seen the 49ers uh, be willing to give him 20 touches in a game. The Rams have been bad in run defense, and Jeff Wilson is going to be super cheap in daily fantasy. And the 49ers run block well. have not been the best pass protection offensive line this year, uh, but they have been very, very good in run blocking. We can move on to the next one. Next game, Evan, we've got the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. Man, Seahawks, what a story. Fun to watch. Russell Wilson was dropping dimes the other night. Yes, yes. Um, that was a, an awesome game. Lived up to the lived up to my expectations, but Seattle definitely controlled it. Um, I think really from start to finish, and they should be able to really control this one because the Cardinals. I mean, the C- Seattle is at home, um, where you know they have one of the biggest home field advantages in the NFL. The Cardinals are in a bad spot, and uh, the Seahawks defense should, is, is an awesome play here against Arizona, Josh Rosen, just a lot of turnovers, you know, a lot of pick sixes, a lot of fumble sixes. Um, it's not going to be easy for him. Um, Rashad Penny is tentatively due back, uh, I think, and that takes some life out of uh, the other Seahawks running backs. But Chris Carson is running at such a high level that I think that you stick with him for sure. And you could definitely look at him in daily fantasy, I mean, just look what C.J. Anderson off the street uh, looked like last week. Chris Carson is in a lot better shape than C.J. Anderson, and um, I mean, he he's been you know much more productive, obviously, for a much uh, more sustained stretch. And his his DFS price continues to not really move, uh, but this is a great spot for Chris Carson. Um. Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin both play in the slot enough that they're going to avoid Patrick Peterson on the vast majority of snaps in this game. Patrick Peterson has played 15 snaps all season in the slot. Uh, so that's a, a competitive advantage, really, that the Seahawks have uh, because their their top receivers play so much inside. David Moore is going to be the guy outside, mostly against Patrick Peterson. Um and then uh, on the other side, you know, it's it, it's it's tough for to to really justify any dudes on Arizona. I mean, you can you know try to try to chase Larry Fitzgerald um, going after uh, career milestones. He's still what like twenty catches short of moving up in the record books for all time receptions. So I don't think he, I don't think we're gonna see him getting twenty this week. Um, and then David Johnson. I mean, he's had some. He's had some pretty good. Mo- Last week, it was Larry Fitzgerald throwing a touchdown pass to David Johnson, which was pretty cool. Um, but you know, this is it, the game does not set up well for David Johnson, so he'd be a very much a contrarian play at Seattle. You go with that one. Yes, sir. All right, the last one, Evan. It's the win in your end game. It's the Titans hosting the Colts. Mariota just said moments ago to a radio station that he kind of got crunched. The whole right side of his body went numb. He's going to do everything he can, though, to try to play in the game Sunday night. You know, the thing that's probably a little bit scary if I'm a Titans fan is I don't think that Vrabel thinks Mariota's that much better 
than Gabbert to the point where he would play Mariota if he didn't practice at all. I think he'd put Gabbert out there instead. If Gabbert practiced, I think we saw that earlier in the year. If Mariota's not 100%, Gabbert practices, I think Gabbert's the one that's out there. Oof, that is, that's not good. I mean, if, if, if Vrabel's out here thinking that, you know, I don't know, let's do like a Madden overall rating, that Vrabel thinks that, you know, Gabbert is a, um, like a 61 and Mariota is like a 65, that, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, you know, and Vrabel's with him every day, with these guys every day. We know Gabbert is awful. He's awful. And, um, I mean, he, he can have, like, he'll tease you sometimes with, like, moments. But, I mean, we've seen enough of Blaine Gabbert to know who he is. And, geez, um, I think it's a good game to tee up the, the Colts defense, though, uh, you know, whether or not. See, that those comments did not sound good to me. A, a whole half of his body went numb. I mean, that does not sound like a dude who's going to get medical clearance to be playing on Sunday. Uh, it could have know, just been he... a bad stinger. It could have just been a bad stinger, but yeah. I just think, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll but see. I, I, it, it, I mean, they didn't play him for a couple weeks after he had that other nerve thing in his elbow. I just, I tend to doubt it. But maybe I'm wrong. I hope I am wrong. I'd rather see him Sunday night than Gabbert. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think that the bottom line is that they're going to try to just run the ball as much as they possibly can with Derrick Henry. And they have had success doing that. Not as much in the last game as they did the previous two games, um, but I think that that's what they're going to try to do. And so not really going to be any secrets about their game plan. Um, they also placed Jarrell Casey on injured reserve. They, they may be without their best. Well, they're definitely going to be without their best defensive player. And they, and they may be without their quarterback on Sunday. This is not, you know, not the situation that the Titans would envision for, for, their, for their win and in game. They're, they're at a, a disadvantage here. Um, and I think that that helped. You no know, Jarrell Casey helps Marlon Mack, who had a slow game last week. I mean, the, the Colts just fell behind. They were down 17 and nothing at one point to the Giants. And that's not going to go well for your feature back who doesn't really play in the passing game that much. Naheem Hines was the beneficiary, but the Colts fell behind and Marlon Mack wound up as a fantasy bust. You know, <clears throat> are the Colts going to fall behind 17 and nothing against the Titans? Probably not. So, and, and Marlon Mack catches them without their best defensive lineman. So, uh, I think that you could go back to Marlon Mack as an RB2. Clearly, he's not the RB1 that he um, he flashes being because of the lack of passing game use, because he is kind of game script dependent. Um, I also would keep an eye on Ryan Kelly, who left last week's game with a neck injury, and the Colts' running game splits have been um, pretty stark with and without Ryan Kelly on the field. So that's an injury to monitor. Uh, but I think that this game will be carried by Andrew Luck on the Colts side, by T.Y. Hilton. Um, Eric Ebron, I believe, got banged up in the last game. Uh, and so that's a situation to monitor uh, as well. I think he suffered a concussion. Um, Correct. So, and, they have, and they have signed yeah. Eric Swoop back to the practice squad this week. Okay, okay. Uh, if he gets moved up to the 53-man, that will be a bad sign for Eric Ebron. But, yeah, a lot of injury situations in this game. And, um, you know, keep monitoring and happy holidays to everyone and good luck in Week 17. Absolutely. I do have one question for you, Evan. Yeah. This comes to us from a listener, Jason Montgomery, who is prolific over at TuckHeads.com. I mean, he's got to be... If he's not the number one most frequent poster, he's top five for sure for the guys and gals over at TuckHeads.com. He made a bunch of purchases with the Amazon banner ad over at RossTucker.com on the homepage and sent them to me and has a question for his wife, Allie, uh, who we met at, the, uh, at Romo's Fantasy Football Convention this summer. She's in the 18-keeper league, Evan. She is room to pick up 
and keep one more possible future stud. She wants to know whether she should go with Darius Geis or Kareem Hunt. I have my opinion, but I'll let you give yours too. I'm going to go with Darius Geis. Correct, because Darius Geis will be playing football next year. I don't think Darius, I don't think Kareem Hunt's going to be. Yep. I mean, look, with, with Kareem Hunt, there's like a distinct possibility that he never plays in the NFL again. Um, and then with Darius Geis, yeah, we know that he um, – jeez, I, I feel like an idiot for this, but – he has some setbacks for, for not knowing exactly what this is. But I think he had some setbacks with his knee, um, some complications with his knee. So I, I would read into that a little bit more. I just haven't thought about Darius Geis, you know, for a while. Um, but I would definitely read into that. But I'm, I'm completely with Ross here, uh, you know, just based on what I know. Um, because I, I think there's a distinct possibility that, that Kareem Hunt does not play in the NFL ever again, whereas Darius Geis, even if he had the setbacks, you know, um, he's very, very likely to to, re- to return and, and uh, be a factor at some point. Good question, Jason, and a good reminder to the rest of you that if you ever have questions that you want specific for Evan – All you have to do is take advantage of any of the sponsors over on the sponsor tab over at RossTucker.com or just buy stuff you already need for your family or whatever anyway or your business, whatever, clicking through the Amazon banner ads over at RossTucker.com. Terrific, terrific work, Evan. Way to close. 2018 strong. We will come roaring out of the gate. In 2019, next week should be awesome. Breaking down the wild card weekend, some awesome DFS games you can play for the wild card weekend, divisional round. It's fun when there's only a, a few teams you really need to pay attention to and work off of every game you can check out at the same time. Speaking of that, by the way, if you like p- making wagers, if you like placing bets on any of this stuff, BetOnline.ag. We've been telling you about it. Some of you still haven't done it. It's awesome. You use the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% welcome bonus. So those of you, you know, most of you, obviously, your fantasy season's over now. So you got to do something to make the games more compelling, more interesting, especially if your team stinks and they're out of it. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. Some of that holiday money you got from your grandma, put it to good use by going to betonline.ag and use that promo code PODCAST1 so you get an extra 50% of whatever you deposit in your account. Other than that, plenty of other shows. If you want to place bets, even money podcasts, it's where it's at for that. If you want to hear my other picks or just get a former player's perspective on things going on around the NFL, it's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Other than that, I think we're done here. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.